0: everyone's story is different. Everyone has different things that they want. Everyone's story is unique to them. So take this story with a grain of salt. You don't have to check everything off of my list and be like, I have to do this because honestly, there were things that we probably didn't do right in this process. Hey, I'm Ashley Agle. Some of you might know me as Ashley Burkhart, and I'm a former D1 and professional softball player who spent a few years coaching in the college game before deciding to put all of my focus into youth softball players and helping them make their dreams and their goals happen for them it's our job to help them unleash their potential and become the athletes they've always dreamt of i come from a small city in the midwest and didn't let that stop me from making my goal of playing d1 softball a reality no matter where you live you have the tools to help you thrive and i am hoping through this podcast to help you get there On this podcast, you'll learn from Olympians, Hall of Fame coaches, and elite players what their journeys have been like, and you'll also learn from me and my family a bit of our journey through the game. I'm so excited to have you here, so whip out your notebook and let's learn how we can grow in this game together. Welcome to When the Cleats Come Off. Hello and welcome to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. As you know, I'm your host, Ashley Agle, and I'm excited to share with you something that I've mentioned previously in like little spurts on the podcast, but I wanted to devote an entire episode to my recruiting story. This might be a very busy season for some of you, a hectic season, a scary season, and I want to be able to hopefully alleviate some of those fears of recruiting Basically, because it's scary because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know where you're going to end up. You don't know who's going to be knocking on your door. You don't know. Like, there's just so many uncertainties in this space. So, I wanted to just share from what I remember my recruiting story to be from the beginning back to where, you know, I kind of wanted slightly to become a college athlete when I decided to go all in. Um, once I went all in. What was I doing in that situation? And also, you know how to communicate with college coaches. If you listened to last week's episode, I shared an entire episode on, you know, unique questions to ask college coaches to help you stand out. Also, what questions to help prepare yourself if you do plan to have some sort of a phone call with a college coach. These. Episodes are inspired by September 1st happening soon. So that is the date where D1 at, or D1 coaches can reach out to you and actually start recruiting you. Now, this is different for other divisions. Um, I'm well aware of that. But all in all, my story comes from me. Um, this is before September 1st was a thing. So I was able to verbally commit uh, prior to September 1st of my junior year. That just shows you how old I am, but rules have changed and some of these things don't apply anymore. But I just wanted to share my story with you today to prove that every story is different. I had both of my sisters on the podcast. Each of their experiences were completely different to mine in their unique ways, but I'm also sharing my story to hopefully help guide you to make decisions that you may need to make that you may not have ever thought of making. So It's going to be a light episode. It's going to be kind of a short episode, but feel free to save it, to like it, to share it if you found it helpful. All right. I wanted to start off this story with when I decided to potentially play in college. So I was a multiple sport athlete my entire life. um, And when I went to high school, I was equally in love with two sports, and that was softball, And that was basketball. Basketball. I was playing AAU at the time. Softball. I I had been playing travel softball from like I think I was like eleven or twelve. My dad could definitely give you an accurate age on that one. But I started. Maybe I was ten. That's ten sounds right. Um, But I started to fall a little bit out of love with basketball my freshman and closer to my sophomore year. Now there were a lot of factors. That went into that. Um, and I won't go into all the details, but I knew that I was starting to like softball a little bit more. And around that same exact time, I had a teammate in high school. Her name's Andrea Filler. She plays for Athletes Unlimited. Um, she actually played in the pro league when I played in the pro league. The previous one, which was NPF, she played at Northwestern. So we were opponents in the Big Ten. And also in high school, we were teammates for four years. We both were freshmen who made varsity. We won a state championship when we were juniors. Um, Andrea was like the, the athlete that, you know, inspired me to kind of think about playing in the future because she had committed to playing college originally at Boston College our freshman year of high school and then when she did that, it started to kind of like move these pieces in my brain saying, you know what? If Andrea can do this, I can definitely do this. And so, her making that decision, committing to playing college, and, and I know she ended up transferring, but knowing that Andrea was at the time better than me at softball, like truly, she was better than me at that time. But not enough for me to be like, I think, I think this is within reach for me. So when I was falling out of basketball, the love for it, and, you know, having this teammate, this friend of mine excel in ways that I knew I could probably do as well, that's where the the pieces started to turn. And um, I'm definitely, Side note, going to get Andrea on the podcast here soon. Her season has just ended as I'm recording this. So she will definitely be on. Um, she's one of those athletes that you know I looked up to at the time. And now we talk about our journey through the sport together. And it's just a powerful thing to have someone in your life that pushes you to be better. And that was Andrea for me. So when she committed, around that time she was about to commit, me and my family, we got really close with the Fillers and we found out she was going to see a hitting coach in South Bend. Um we ended up starting to go to those lessons together because I knew there was more in my swing that I wanted to get out of myself. So we started going to the same hitting coach. Her dad and my dad were like buddies. Like they were talking all the time about the recruiting process. They were talking all the time about you know little ways to get better defensively offensively my dad and her dad actually ran a lot of our high school practices as well just cuz they knew so much about the game but they were like each other's besties during this time and we learned so much from the fillers and that's when my game it started to be get, to get better like we were investing in a hitting coach my dad and I were practicing more throughout the week that's the big one like I wasn't just saying to myself, I want to play in college and just hope my skills can get there. No, like when I committed to do this, my dad, my mom, my whole family committed with me. So that meant after dinner, we were headed to the field for a little bit. And thankfully um, in our neighborhood, it was right next to a local elementary school And it had some fields at it. So at night, no one was playing on those fields. And we would just go out there. And the dirt was absolute trash. (laughs) Um, It was not a great field at all. But we got our reps in. And we just kept putting our reps in, kept putting our reps in. And I say our because most of these reps, I was not doing alone. My dad was right there along with me doing it. Because once I made this goal, it became his and it became my family's. So we went all in. Around that time, I was playing for a travel ball team that was very local. So I grew up in Fort Wayne. And um, that itself was a little hard because travel softball wasn't very well known in the area. No teams were really getting invited to big tournaments like Colorado, Florida, California. Like that was just not a thing in Fort Wayne. And, there were a, and we were a very good team, by the way. We did end up, I think our last two seasons together, we got asked to go, uh, or we were invited to Colorado tournaments, which was huge for us. But about half of my teammates in Fort Wayne went off to play college ball, and then half didn't. And the, again, there's nothing wrong with that in any way, shape, or form. That team was probably the reason why I truly fell in love with the game altogether, we were very, very, very close. And we got to a point where some of us wanted to move on to get more exposure, to get in front of college coaches. And so it was heartbreaking to leave this team, but it was something that we had to do. And my dad was even a coach for this team. So it was very hard for us. You know, our families were all very, very close, and we still are to this day but it was hard, but we had to rip that Band-Aid off in order to really find out my potential and to get my name out there. So I tried out for the Indiana Magic Gold. There were a lot less teams when I tried out, which means there were tons of people trying to make these these teams. And this was one of the elite, elite, elite programs in Indiana um, at the time. And they were the ones getting that college exposure and the head of the program, I, I'm not going to mention his name, but the, the head of the program had incredible connections in the college world. He had a daughter who went and played in college, um, a very high level school, and he just knew everybody. And his word, ironically, because the team was Indiana Magic Gold, his his word was gold. Like when he talked about a player, he really knew how to sell a player, and so we knew that that would be, you know, something that we needed. We needed somebody to advocate for us when we're playing, and those coaches can't come and talk to you after the game. There were rules around that, and there still are rules around that. College coaches can come watch, but they cannot talk to you or your parents. And I'm not really sure about the role. My dad wasn't a coach at the time, but if my dad was a coach, I think he could talk to her. I should know this role better. But regardless, we had um, this guy really be able to sell us. And also, I just want to mention this as well for this team. I think I remember at this tryout, this is a like side note, but I think it's important. There were like 70 girls trying to make like just a few spots on some of the teams and it was absolutely terrifying and in my dad's episode we talked about this it's the Scott Burkhart episode um what it's like being a softball dad and i think i remember him mentioning like i did not even do that great <laughs> in this tryout but at the time i was you know doing i was pretty successful in high school and all I all I really tried to do during this tryout was to keep up with the current players. So at this tryout, the current players were there; they were involved in everything that we did, um, except for some some little things on the side. But you know, I just strictly remember Jenna Simon, who ended up playing at Notre Dame and was one of the fastest teammates I've ever had. She was there right alongside me, and I knew from a talent perspective she was a little bit better than I was, but my job at this tryout was to try to outsprint her, try to outwork her on defense. Um, She's a slapper, and at the time, I was also doing some slapping and also hitting for power, but everything Jenna was doing, I was trying to match or beat that, and so that was, I just remember that during my tryout. That was my mission. That was my goal, and I ended up making this team and not many people made this team. So I, I again, I, I didn't make the decisions to put me on the team. I just showed up and tried to do my best and, and I made it. And so once that had happened, the doors almost immediately started to open. So we almost right away started traveling to some premier tournaments in the fall that was when I was really starting to get looked at more by colleges because again, we're a very, very prestigious team. A lot of the girls on our team were already committed, which is another reason why college coaches trust this team is because we have a lot of girls that are going off to play, um, which means one that they're good. And also, you know, they're coached well, they they have good habits. So like that kind of feeds onto an entire team. So being on this respected program it really allowed me to you know have a one up one up more than what I had before and again everybody's story is different you might not live by a team that has this opportunity but I do know that you know when it comes down to being exposed to college coaches this was something local it's again not even that local I still had to drive 2 plus hours to practice sometimes more and we were traveling literally across the country at that time which was a huge commitment for my family and it was it was not cheap in any sort of way but these were some sacrifices that my family was able to make and i am so grateful for them again you don't have to have this exact same path in order to make it to college i just wanted to make that completely clear it just this experience helped us be able to navigate the game a little bit easier, get in front of more college coaches and truly see what I was made of. I remember playing in Colorado and we we weren't one of the best teams there. There are so many programs out there that were better than us, but we were playing those programs. And a lot of college coaches go to watch those programs. And then if we had a good game against them or I had a good performance against them, now those college coaches are noticing me without maybe intentionally going to see me. So if you can get on a team where you're even just playing against some of those teams, you can get a lot more eyes on you. And so that's what happened. I remember getting invited to a lot of college camps um, almost from the get-go. Purdue, which is where I ended up going, was one of those colleges that, you know, this director talked to my coach about, or my future coach, about me. And I was invited to camps. And I'm telling you, we went to so many camps. We have this running joke in our family. My dad got a lot of speeding tickets going to all of these camps. I don't think he got a speeding ticket for West Lafayette. I'll have to verify this one. Um, He didn't get a ticket every time, but it's just funny because we we would go... And this is the reason why I think he got tickets was because we normally got them on the way home from the camp and my dad and i would just sit in the car and just talk about the whole thing like hey what was it like being coached you know by the assistant coach over here what did you think of the head coach and what she had to say what was your conversation like with this coach what do you think the competition was like like what did you think of the girls around you like there were so like we would just rank, we would just go off on like each clinic and just talk about you know how it was and we would just get so deep into it that dad probably didn't even realize on these back roads in indiana and ohio and all these places that he was going fast sorry dad didn't mean to put you under under the bus but we just we had so much fun though like doing this together going to these camps talking about these camps like what did you learn from these camps it was just a really fun time. Um, I just some of those things are the the things that I remember that I enjoyed a ton. Now, with getting invited to camps, I should have mentioned probably sooner, I was sending out tons and tons of emails. I would write the email just so we so just so we're clear. My dad would go in and, like, edit the email. So he would make sure, you know, check the spelling, make sure that there's not many run on sentences. like, sound a little sophisticated but also the words had to come from me and my dad would help me you know you know come up with maybe a little better sentences than i originally came up with but we were a team we did this together and you know i will say from an email sending perspective it's very terrifying the first email you send out but i'm telling you it's just like anything when you get your reps in when you send those emails over and over and over it gets easier it gets simpler. And when you have a good format from start to finish, you guys know how you guys probably know how to, to tell a story. Um, I think that's stories sell. So if you start off with something catchy, engaging at the top, and then write the beef or the things that you want want those college coaches to know. Keep it kind of brief though, because they don't want to read an entire book on you. Um, and then wrap up saying, you know, this is where I'm headed this fall. Um, I'm going to your camp in December, whatever. Keep it short and sweet, but also get your point across. But that that was something that my dad and I did together. And when you have your format down, you don't really have to change it much for each coach or each um, program that you send your email to. So we we basically just copy and pasted the same thing. But instead of saying, you know, oh gosh, I'm putting myself on the spot here. I didn't take notes on this part. But instead of saying, I plan to, or I would like to study this, maybe maybe there's different things at different schools that I would like to study. I remember sending Purdue an email saying, hey, I'm really interested in your dietetics program funny because I ended up not graduating in dietetics, but at the time that was intriguing to me. And so I would make sure that part was specific to each school, like not saying they have a program that they actually don't have that, that wouldn't be helpful. But same thing goes for, you know, at the beginning, I like to make it catchy. Like for Purdue, I really wanted to see what their football team was like. I don't know. That was just something that I wanted to know. Um, Wright State was another school that I had talked to. They don't have a football team. So I obviously need to talk about something that's engaging with their coach. Maybe it was something I saw on Twitter or Facebook that that I thought was cool. Maybe it's tradition that they have that I think is neat. So you can kind of make this your own. And again, I'm going on a rant, but we kind of had the same format mostly for Emails that were sent. I'm just going to let you know make sure that you write the coach's name correctly. (laughs) Because if it's not correct, they're not even going to open your email. But these were things that we were learning and we were navigating. You know, being the firstborn in my family, like, how are we going to do this? And yes, we would YouTube this stuff, but we also had, you know, the fillers. Um, to be able to ask them, like, what was it like emailing coaches? And then once I started going to camps, the emails were a lot more free-flowing, a lot easier because then after a camp, I could recap the things that I loved about it. Can't wait to be back, hope to come to another clinic. Like just, it's a conversation and it's a relationship. And frankly, you need to start the relationship most of the time. So that's my two cents there. All right. It is time for another listener shout out. This one comes from Viv the Ace, and this is from Apple Podcasts. She titled it best podcast ever. Viv, you are awesome. Um, And she said, this podcast is very informative. As a B-level pitcher, I get a lot of advice from this podcast. I want to be the best pitcher I can be, and I think continuing to listen will make me better. Well, Viv, I am so grateful that you spent the time to write this review. I've had so many pitchers on the podcast, which you probably already know. We've had Monica Abaddon, Kat Osterman, Amanda Scarborough dives into pitching and confidence. All of the things have been mentioned from these pitchers, and I hope that you are learning from them. I'm going to get some more pitchers on too here soon. So, Just thank you so much for listening. You are the reason why I built this podcast and I can't wait to keep sharing more episodes that you can learn from. If you like this podcast, please pause it and go to Apple Podcasts and write me a review. It helps get the word out that you like this podcast, but also this could help other people. So help a friend out by writing a little review and maybe, just maybe, you'll be like Viv and be able to get your review on the podcast. Thank you so much again, Viv, for writing the review. All right, let's head back to the episode. Now playing for this elite team, it also taught me things like learning how to perform even when coaches were watching. It got it was scary at first. I remember, you know, seeing all these coaches with their hats, you know, of their teams and their logos on it. And I would get really distracted. Um, and I'd be scared because maybe one of those schools is one of my dream schools that I wrote down on my list. And it was pretty terrifying to see them in the stands and realize that, like based on how I perform, could make or break me. And that mindset did not do anything for me. Um, I think the good thing is I had teammates that were already committed and I could ask them questions about, you know, how not to be scared in these moments. And, you know, some of the best advice that I got was, Hey, make it about us, make it about the team, focus on us and how you can help us win. Like if you do that and you lock in on that, you won't have to worry about who's in the stands. Um, They also said, just try to put up a border. Like, Don't note it like everything behind home plate, those hats, like all of those things, pretend like they don't exist. Like just focus on the ball itself and making the plays and making the best play that you can and going all out, doing your best, be able to go and play your heart out and say, I did everything that I could today and realize that that could have included a strikeout, that could have included an error. But what I've learned, and I hope you guys gravitate and learn from this conversation is what I have learned is coaches that are coming to watch, they care less about, you know, you going four for four. Obviously that's shiny and cool, but if they're coming to watch you, they're coming to see what your character is like. They're coming to see if you're a good teammate. They're coming to see what you do after you strike out or have an error. Do you finish the play? Do you walk to the dugout? Head high and walk to your teammate and say, Hey, work on this, or make sure you know that this pitcher has this. Like, are you communicative? Are you able to be a leader? Like, these are things that are outside of skill level. Like, you obviously have to be at a certain skill level. Me being on this team meant I already had a certain skill level, and obviously, I was still working on the sidelines, making sure it was good. But they want to know your character more than anything. So, I think. That's another piece of advice that, you know, I was given by someone playing when I was nervous about all of this, and it's just do your thing, do your thing, play your game, go all out, and that's all you can do. So back a little bit to my story, um, I was going to, like I said, all of these camps. I started going on a few visits because of those camps. Some of those camps and visits were like simultaneous. And it came down to me really loving two schools, and that was Michigan State and Purdue. And to be quite frank, you know, I was not one of those athletes that had offers from like all of the schools. Like Big Ten was basically the biggest offers that I got. I got all, I got offers from Ball State. I got offers from you know Wright State. Um, a few other schools were interested in me. But it came down to Michigan State and Purdue for many reasons, and I won't go through my entire pros and cons list, but I did make a pros and cons list because they were so close. Like I liked them both a lot. Now, they're two very different schools, but there were different things that I liked from the coaching style to the university itself, how many kids go to these schools. Um, what the majors were like, what the players were like, what the stadium was like. Like there were a lot of different things on the pros and cons list. And I highly recommend make a pros and cons list for every school, no matter what, because you might be surprised that, you know, the things that are on your pros and cons, you realize what are the things that I value most. And so that was definitely a, a must-have. I really wish I still had that pros and cons list, but I don't. But I did want to share with you a couple things that made me ultimately decide to go to Purdue um, rather than Michigan State. First of all, I know this this sounds cliche, but like when you arrive on a campus, the key is to try to see yourself here. You know, I could do that for both schools, to be completely honest. But Purdue immediately felt like a place that I could call home and really love. That was important. I remember having a meeting with Tanya. Gosh, she was she was at my wedding. Tanya was like my mother away from home when I went to Purdue. But I remember having meetings with her. She was my academic advisor. And um, she's technically an athletic advisor. She works strictly with so- like our softball team. But she was, oh my gosh. Incredible. Like, I don't know if she has a psychology degree, but she was my shoulder to cry on. She was my motivator. She was everything. But anyway, I remember having a meeting with her and with Kathy Wright-Eager. And she was the director of leadership development. And so we had, you know, a meeting with Kathy. And I remember my eyes just like being so wide during that conversation. Like, wow, like I can learn how to be a strong leader here you know whether I'm a freshman walking in um or a senior like I am going to learn leadership and that to me was so intriguing i basically committed after that conversation i was so enthralled by it all and just loved it and ironically i ended up adding a minor uh to my degree and it was in organizational leadership so That itself was like probably the ticker. That was the one, the reason why I chose Purdue. And it had nothing to do with softball, which I think is pretty rad. Obviously, the team was decent. I think they were like in the middle of the Big Ten. Big Ten's a pretty big conference. So they were pretty good. But also, my coach made it very clear that because of my athleticism and how I was able to play multiple positions, there was a there was a probability, and again, it's it's potential. It's She can't promise me a spot, um, and if you're promised a spot early, I just don't know if that's going to be the case anymore. Now there's people transferring and stuff like that, but she made it clear that there was potential for me to make an immediate impact and to potentially start, and that was enough for me to be really excited because I knew I was a really, really good outfielder at the time, but... This is not my recruiting story. This is me at Purdue now. When I got there, outfield was basically taken. Like my favorite position, I wasn't going to be able to play because those upperclassmen were really dang good. But second base was open. And I played a little bit of shorts. I played shortstop in high school. And I'm pretty familiar with middle infield. So I was thrown at second base right away. And so I, because of that, I took that spot. And I had that spot the entire season. So again, that's a little tangent, but if you're trying to play at a school, it's very important to know how to play multiple positions and just be an athlete because I had probably less than 50 innings ever played at second base in my entire life, probably less than 30 to be honest, but that's where I played my freshman year and it was a terrifying yes, but we don't have to go into that right now. Anyway, other factors that made me love Purdue. Purdue was about two hours away from my home. I'm not a super homebody. I didn't need to need to be close to home. But at the end of the day, it was pretty awesome to be able to say my parents came to most of my home games because we were so close. And it was like the perfect way to you know be close enough to home where if something did happen, some sort of emergency, you know something with my family, I could just go home and I can just pop in my car and get home. And I did end up liking the fact that I was very close to home and that my family could come watch me play. I also was told um, I had an opportunity to help build this program. Again, this program was kind of in the middle of the Big Ten. Um, we didn't end up much higher, to be completely honest with you at the end of the day. But knowing that, you know, sh- my coach looked at me and said, like, Ashley, you can help put this program on the map. That that was like I, I was like, really, like you think I could do this? and and it was like that belief in me right away that I could do this that really attracted me, frankly, to this school because I didn't want to go to a school. I mean, it would be kind of cool to go to a school that was like winning national championships all the time. But I thought it was even cooler to have an opportunity to help, you know, lead and guide a program, you know, not my freshman year, but like moving on throughout my years. To be able to help a program get on the map and get seen and you know really change the game for the Big Ten. So I I just loved that that was something that she had mentioned. And that was a big reason why I chose Purdue. Last thing was tutors. So when it came down to it, I I was not the 4.2, 4.0 high school um GPA. That was that was not me. I had I I don't want to say trouble learning, but I just, I wasn't like the best academically. Like my youngest sister, Anna, um, she was on my podcast and she, she's a nerd, like, but she works really hard for everything. She's, she's not one that just like, you know, can read it once or remember it. She studies her butt off academically. She thrives. Um, I was just not that way. That was just not me. Um, and I know Purdue is a very highly, you know, very, very, you have to have good grades to get into Purdue. Your SAT scores need to be good, all these things. But it wasn't, you know, something that I, you know, loved just as much as I love softball. Like, no, I loved softball. And I was going to do my very best academically. And my very best, I think, ended up with like a 3-6 GPA. Not terrible. Not great either. But I knew that when I went to Purdue, we were going to have tutors. And they were very clear about this saying, you know, you don't have to have a tutor for every class, but we have tutors that can help you. And we find tutors that can help you, you know, with classes that you know, you're going to struggle with. So for me, math, for me, that was chemistry. Like I think I ended up having one for an anatomy class or a bio class that was really hard, but I knew that I was going to have help. And I knew that I really needed help because when I have help, I thrive. And when I have somebody alongside me holding my hand saying, Ashley, this is what you needed to do per- to prepare for this test, I felt really good. Okay. So knowing that I had tutors, that was really important to me. Now you might not need a tutor when you go to school, but for me, that was really important. Now, as I'm wrapping up this recruiting journey, um, I need to make it very clear that I ended up choosing ultimately Purdue, obviously, but I also really loved the coach at MSU. and. I was terrified to call her and say, I'm sorry, but I've fallen in love with another school and I am not choosing your program. And like, I built a really great relationship with her too, which that's the point. You're supposed to build relationships with these coaches. And the worst thing that I could have done was not respond to her and say that I had committed to another school. So I called her up and I said, and I was like almost in tears. I'm like, coach, I chose another program. I really, really loved getting to know you, and I wish you the best of luck. Coaches have to, they get these conver- they get these sad announcements all the time, okay? So just make sure when you are choosing a school, you are also not choosing other schools that you've built relationships with. Please, please call them as scary as it is because the coaches deserve that. They deserve your respect in that way. And also, I still have a really great relationship with that coach. And we were competitors in the Big Ten, so I saw her very often. So that would have been very awkward if we went off on a very bad note and played each other. (laughs) Okay? So please, 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 please do that. Now, ultimately, I made the best decision for me. I didn't make the decision for my dad, even though, like, yeah, he shared his input. He's my dad. He can always share his input. But ultimately, I was given the opportunity to decide for myself where I wanted to go. And as soon as I made that decision, my parents, my family, my friends, they were all on board. So, remember, don't make this decision for anyone else. Don't make this decision to get to, you know, be able to be looked at differently. No, you make this decision based on where you feel like you can thrive. And I have zero regrets choosing Purdue University. It was the greatest decision and I will say this to the day I die one of the greatest decisions I've ever made in my entire life but that doesn't that didn't come without the hard work behind it that didn't come without you know sending the emails getting uncomfortable calling a coach which again last week we talked about that that initial call with a coach and how to prepare for it highly recommend that episode but it didn't come without seeing myself you know, in a light, in a place where I knew I could grow a ton. And I did. And those four years were some of the hardest years of my entire life. A lot of tears were shed. I know that probably sounds scary, but like if you do anything and put your heart and soul into it, that's just what you get. I had some of the best memories at that university. I met my husband at that university. Some of my best friends in the entire world I still have are from this university and from the softball program and more. It was just ultimately the best decision I could have ever made. So remember, make that decision for you. Lastly, I want to just reiterate, everyone's story is different. Everyone has different things that they want. Everyone's story is unique to them. So Take this story with a grain of salt. You don't have to check everything off of my list and be like I have to do this because honestly, there were things that we probably didn't do right in this process. I probably sent emails too late. I probably should have got started going to camp sooner. Truly, like I there were so many things that I could have done better. And maybe I'll record an episode on like what not to do in the recruiting process. But again, Your story is yours. And whether you're moving along faster than anybody else, or moving maybe a little bit slower than other people, who cares? As long as you keep taking steps, as long as you keep diving into a little bit of uncomfort, as long as you keep pushing yourself, you will be where you deserve to end up to be. Like, I still can't believe I went to Purdue University and played and was a college athlete. Like But that is something that I worked my tail off for. So remember, you're gonna have to work your tail off. But like at the end of the day, you're gonna find a home that works the best for you based on what you want. Okay. I shared a D1 perspective. I know there are a lot of other perspectives. Like we had Lane Farmer on recently and he went to D3. And like that was what he needed, what he wanted. And like you have to know what you want not what other people want for you, not what other people are doing. Go based on what you are willing to sacrifice and do and work for, and you'll end up right where you need to be. I highly encourage if you want some more information on the recruiting process, every college athlete that has come on my podcast, I always start with them sharing their story. So Go to some of those episodes, find some of your favorite players. A lot of them are from California, I've started to notice. But we just had Erin Koffel on. She's a Midwest kid. So if you live in the Midwest, check hers out. Hers is an incredible story. And I love her relationship with her dad too. It was very awesome. Um, but everybody has their own story. Take what you want from each story. Don't you don't have to go like bullet points, checklist from each story. Take what you need from each one and start building your unique story and learn from them. All right. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. I am truly honored to have you here. If this, I always say conversation when it's a solo episode, but if this episode really stood out to you, please, 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 please go review. Give me a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I want to get this message out to many because a lot of people don't even know this podcast exists. I just learned this by doing a camp in Southern Indiana. A lot of people had no idea. I'm not trying to get noticed. Like, this is not for me, this is for you guys, you going through the recruiting process you learning how to navigate this game better. Like this is for you. This is who it was built for. and you can help this podcast get to more people like you by liking the podcast. Um, sharing it with a friend by leaving a review is probably the biggest way that you can help. And you know, sharing this stuff on social media, wherever it is. I am asking you to do maybe one of those things for this episode, because this is a powerful one that I think a lot pe- a lot of people can learn from and hopefully be a little bit inspired by. So please do one of those things. But don't forget, this is my sign off, stay humble, stay awkward, trust me, stay awkward. I learned how to be my very best self in college. I was very shy in high school. College is where I learned how to thrive and be myself, my awkward self. So stay awkward and keep smiling. I know this process is stressful. I know this process um, can be scary, but keep smile your way through it because you're going to make it through it. You are. So many have before you and you're going to get it done. All right. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you again next week.